Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Read? What's happening? Am I dead? I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction. Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I? Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Hey, this is Derwin Lester from the Blank Fortress of Solitude. And with me, I have a very old friend of mine, the oldest friend I've had on this program. I knew this guy when we were both pimply-faced wee lads running around a high school in Michigan. And he actually grew up to become Ron Swanson in the flesh with the mustache. And so today I have with me Nick, Deputy Firefighter EMT. Nick, thank you for being on the program. Thanks for having me. So we went to high school together. What are your memories of high school, sir? Like, Both me and you were kind of floaters. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of floated around all the different groups and kind of knew everybody. Yeah. Kind of jumped around all that stuff. I mean, we had our main clicks and stuff, but I remember uh, you always making your rounds around. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. There's Lester. <laughs> <laughs> There's Lester. Uh, always grooving on the ACDC and stuff like that. I was just but, trying to see who had an extra cigarette. That's all. Yeah, that too. That too. It's like you were bumming off of us. Oh, yeah. No, I was pouring trailer trash. I'd bum off anybody who'd give me something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I threw you a pack once and it was all home rolled. You know what? I've, I've smoked it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You're I'm terrible. Nervous. I no shame at the time. I'm nicotine free for years at this point because I'm married and she won't let me. Good. Also, <laughs> I cancer. Just quit I guess last year. So what's that? I quit last year. You right quit the during... pandemic. Why? It's, it's kind of funny because I had COVID before it was cool. Um, I was a COVID hipster, I guess you could say. I actually got it in early January before they announced that hey there was some shit going on here oh 2020 you got it early january yeah early 2020 so wow um because i went to the doctor and they're like oh you got an upper respiratory infection here's this (laughs) they threw that at me and it was the worst thing ever and uh i actually was in class um to renew my basic because i had let my basic lapse after a couple of years and uh it was so bad that you could hear the wheezing and everything in class and uh so the instructor had the students do an albuterol treatment (laughs) for real because it was yeah it was funny they did an actual albuterol treatment on me you were a live action training yeah and i got i got 20 minutes of uh relief before it all wore (laughs) off so i was like this is something real serious so yeah i had that for a couple weeks i never lost my smell never lost my taste yeah it was pretty it was pretty gnarly right off you got original recipe covid Yeah, and so at the time, I was like, I can't smoke. This shit sucks. So I stopped smoking. Well, I just never picked it back up, and I've been wanting to quit. So, I, yeah, I just I just stopped. and, and then, uh, yeah. That's so great, man. If, like, it wasn't, I, if it wasn't cigarette smoke that was getting me, it was probably getting, you know, the house smoke, the house, the house fires and stuff. I mean, you being a, the, a manly, manly firefighter. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, okay, you know? so we graduated high school in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I left town and did my own thing. And, but you stayed 
right? Like, like you're yeah. a real hometown guy. And so yeah. what, what happened after high school for you? Dude, I couldn't make up my mind worth a shit what I wanted to do. That's yeah. why I wear so many hats now. So right after high school, I was working, um, you know, parks and recreation jobs and stuff. Like that. <laughs> you uh, don't say Ron Swanson. Yeah. Doing out. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was giggling a little bit. Yeah. Right out of high school. I probably did four years of parks and rec <laughs> doing outdoor shit. Um, and then, you know, I started, uh, I, I got involved. I came, became a part-time security guard. I've done that. I'm security guard. And I was like, oh, we'll see where this goes. But Hey, they had full insurance even for a part-timer. Oh shit. They had all this. You're carrying a gun, um, weren't you? No, I was not actually. It was, wow, it was really? Out, yeah, I was out for uh, for uh, Sarah Lee and stuff. So I, I was like, okay, yeah, this this isn't going to be too bad of a gig. And then a year later, apparently they liked me, so they uh, they promoted me to a uh, fire protection officer, which dealt with like a little bit more serious shit, <laughs> like life Check, safety like the systems, fire extinguishers, and stuff. Fire extinguishers, sprinkler systems, alarm panels, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I did that for a couple of years until. You know, they sold off and they decided to get with a, uh, a contractor company. So, sure. but in the meantime, I, I became a, an EMT and a, uh, and a deputy, um, with the sheriff's office started out as a reserve and made my way up to a Marine deputy, uh, which, you know, Marine guys can do Marine stuff. And then the road guys do the road stuff, but you can't switch over now for our listeners, for all 17 of our listeners, um, Marine as in like water. Water, yep, yep, Great Lakes, okay. like Merchant Marine, like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, Marine, just like Marine bi- biology stuff like yes. that. Not like, not like Jarhead <laughs> or anything like that. A, so. a lot of a lot of my audience is kind of like military, first responder, police, nurse, gotcha. fire sort of things. So, um, so you're an EMT. How long mm-hmm. now? Were you an EMT full time? Was that your primary gig? No, no. So basically the uh, companies that I worked for, they paid for me to originally go and get my, my EMT certificate. And sure. So I was like, oh yeah, sure. Why not? So I went with it. And then for a couple of years, um, I wasn't using it as much. So it just fell off. Yeah. And then of course it fell off uh, completely two weeks before I got completely hired by the fire department. Yeah. So I, had, I actually had to, when I got hired by the fire department, I had to go through MFR medical first responder which is like the lowest of the low really Uh, that was the easiest class i ever had in my life because i didn't listen to shit (laughs) and i passed the damn thing no problem first run through went through all my practicals and everything i'm like that's because i'm a little more trained (laughs) Um, and then uh i I was bouncing around and so i started out with another company Uh, this is more of like a recreational resort Um, i was a public safety officer for them sure and so, um, we, I bet we that started, paid well. it was, it paid all right. It was a huge recreational resort, like one, one square mile in a one day we had like an upwards of 40,000 people there. Holy shit. So yeah, we were pretty much our own little police force. We were running calls left and right and all this. And then we started noticing more call for medical personnel. Yeah. And so I led the charge and got a whole bunch of people at least certified as an MFR. And then they, they were going to go ahead and recertify me as an EMT. And so that's when I went through and then 2020 happened and all that hit the fan. And so I got my certification all taken care of, but then I finally moved on. And then I'm in my final role now of a, as a security manager um, full time. And then I'm still rolling around with the fire department and the sheriff's office. So, so talk to me about being a part-time sheriff. Cause like if, so if you're a, 
let me if I can count this right. So you you have a full time gig, yep. and then a part time gig, and then a part time gig, and then a part time gig. That's that's two and a half jobs, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I have no life sometimes, and my <laughs> wife is very patient with me, but she loves money just as much as I do sometimes. I mean, so you also have a wife and kids, so I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So um, when when it comes to the share stuff, this is all summertime is usually my biggest when it comes to running uh boat stuff for the sheriff's office so we go into a semi-dormant mode where we'll get together on a monthly basis go over trainings and stuff like that if we got to renew firearms or any of that stuff um and we stay all current um but we have all the structured training when it comes to our uh our legal updates all that stuff so we stay current and we just roll with that and then even in the summertime we have a certain amount of hours that we have to meet for the whole season and then I will just schedule in wherever I can. Normally, me and my partner will just freaking work every weekend uh, for a couple of weeks. Like we'll do Friday nights and Saturday nights and maybe Sunday mornings. You know, sometimes we'll do Saturday 12 hours on a boat just to, just to do it because we, we enjoy it too. It's, it's a blast for us. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of work everything else around that when it comes to like fire calls. Because even as a firefighter up here, we're what's called a cart paid. So we carry a pager around. So we're, yeah. we once we twice a month we have training meetings where we go over all the equipment, we check it all check it all out. We'll do our uh, maintenance trainings and stuff like that for our medical licenses and stuff. And then for the most part, it's if a call comes in or pager goes off, and we go if we can, and we all meet up at the station, grab the truck, and go to the call. So our yeah. average response time is about seven minutes. Okay, from from an initial call all the way out out the door and into the driveway so you're probably like okay so you got to be you know like let, let's say you're watching the game drinking beer in your pjs and then you get the f- a call and then you got to be in your take beer out of it if the beer is down then there's not much i can do that I, I i didn't think that analogy through but okay <laughs> let's you're drinking coffee it's a sunday morning <laughs> yep you got to be you get the phone call. You got to be, you know, in your uniform out the door. Yeah. So, so we don't normally re- respond in a uniform. We have station t-shirts says our fire department on it and stuff, but I'll take off from home and I'll head straight to the station where I'll throw my gear on. Uh, our okay. station is at the, our gear is at our station where we have three apparatus that we would choose to take. So grab our gear and jump on the rig and go wherever we got to go, depending on what the priority is and what type of call response we're dealing with you know if it's a um 2 a.m and uh i'm calling about my co alarm that's been beeping for the past three weeks but i want to go to bed now (laughs) it's just it's a battery beep and so we go and replace the battery to um you know three o'clock in the afternoon a massive structure fire kind of a deal you know depending on where you're going and you know i i feel like the battery change might since you're a professional firefighter (laughs) <laughs> that might be a waste of your time. <laughs> it, it 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 is and it isn't because you got to remember that stuff that comes easily to us as um, common sense won't come to other people. Sure. And to be honest with you, that's what they, they pay taxes to have a fire department staff. And yeah, it's a little expensive to roll a you know twenty a twenty twenty one Pierce Quantum out the door with four guys on it to go change a battery at two a.m. Um, but at the same time. I'd much rather be there to replace that battery 
so that way it works the next time and i don't have to come and find bodies you're you're right you're so, right i <laughs> i mean sometimes when i'm like oh my god i don't want to do this and then there's times like all right <laughs> god damn you're I'm, so fucking I'm, making, I'm making the money as i mean for every hour that i'm on that call i'm making money regardless so <laughs> i'm just like whatever i'm here so you know I, I i really appreciate that perspective on it and clearly you're like you're you're kind of the ideal public servant right <laughs> like <laughs> Well, that like, was the problem coming out of high school because I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you remember in high school, I was like, dude, I'm going to be a cop. It's going to be all right. It's yeah. going to be good. I'm, I'm going to be a cop. I'm loving it. In high school, I was like, I'm going to score some weed. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm going to be a resting Lester. <laughs> watch. And I'm going to cost him all the time. But the, the thing is, is that I was working that way. And then things started changing in the world. And then I, I never really put, well, just, just the way that um uh, law enforcement is perceived yeah the way law enforcement is received um it's just not not the greatest but at the same time i never really put any thought to becoming um an emt i never thought i would be doing the shit that i'm doing right now sure for one i didn't think i was smart enough nor did i think i could handle any of the crap but most of the time when i walk through a door people are looking at me to handle stuff and now feeling like, all right cool i can do this whatever <laughs> so and i get it i i love it i i i i could come up on scene and see someone with their guts hanging out and all that and take care of that but if somebody pukes dude i am out the door <laughs> <laughs> but i just I, I started it started to evolve in my mind i was like well i don't know what i want to do yet so i started putting my hands slowly in all these jars to see which one i wanted to go fully for <laughs> and I just never did because <laughs> I enjoyed doing it all. That was the problem. So I, I ended up just like, and to be honest with you, the money is more in private crap. So private security is the best thing that I could be doing right now, but I still have my hands and all the other stuff. And I enjoy genuinely what I'm doing. Not, not because it pays well. Yeah. I, just, I enjoy doing that type of thing. Well, I mean, that's, that's really important. And you know, uh, uh, uh yeah guys like you are really like you keep society moving right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like especially the last couple of years when it's been fun you know when there's like a virus and riots and full hospitals and floods and fires and shit and yeah. i've been hiding in the basement afraid of the sun the whole time <laughs> brave son of a bitch like you runs into like a burning building that's a terrible idea. Why would yeah. you do that? But... There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And that's why <laughs> there's certain shit my wife doesn't hear. Because <laughs> she would uh, flat out put her foot down and say, yeah, you ain't doing that again. Nah, yeah, I probably shouldn't. There was one time, there was one time where, because uh, I mean, it's a small town, small area. Mm -hmm. And she, she ain't dumb. She knows my response area. Yeah. Um, but, and there's also a big name tag on my back. <laughs> um, there was a, just this huge car fire. Yeah. And I love car fires because you hit that magnesium core right in the steering wheel. It freaking just explodes with white sparks everywhere. It's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> the car has gone anyway. And, uh, well, I decided to hit that at the worst time Yeah, as my wife was driving by. And it was just like, I was just covered in white 
magnesium everywhere. <laughs> this thing just poof and there's flames and all this stuff. And she was pissed. <laughs> I heard about that for a week and I said, that's okay, baby. I love you though. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That, that hardly Don't worry about happened. it. Daddy's got to have fun every now and then. A little bit. Yeah. No, hmm. I, I, I got out of the, the national guard June of 19. And then I got married October of 19. And then in March of 20, all my friends had to go do stuff. And I'm like, you guys got this. I'm going to stay home and order Instacart and drink scotch. <laughs> hey, man, to each their own. I mean, that's 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 what my wife does. No, you know, I, it's, it's yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like well, with all the stuff going on in the world, you know, I, the, my stepdaughter is doing the the home learning stuff, and yeah, it, I just didn't really want her rolling around anywhere. And it was my dream to be able to earn enough uh, to keep her home because I'd much rather have either one of us. And I, and I told her I was like, hey, you can go to work and I can stay home, or vice versa. Yeah, um, because I want us to be with our kids, exactly, not a stranger, exactly. And, so so far it's been working out very well. Um, I just wear a lot of hats and I enjoy what I do. But if she ever wanted to switch roles, hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like I could take a year off. It's fine. I could take a year off. I mean, I can I can start my streamer career <laughs> <laughs> or my OnlyFans, one of the two. You know, um, <laughs> I uh, yeah I uh, I I'd subscribe. <laughs> I knew I know you would. I I get like two solid subscribers. Yeah. Which, yeah. That's like what, thirteen bucks a month? I'll be all right with that. I, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go on record on the show saying I don't know how much an OnlyFans subscription costs because my wife listens to these. Yeah, don't listen to that. He's definitely into OnlyFans. <laughs> Where'd that might come from? You don't want to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> that that sound quality changed real fast, man. Uh, That's funny. Um. Yeah. No. Sometimes there's just dozens and dozens of dollars involved in uh, being a content creator. It's great. <laughs> well, you know, shit happens. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I was thinking like your daughter is like when she grows up. Your daughters, plural, when they grow up and start meeting boys, there's going to be like you know, name not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna like pull it, you know, but. They're going to have an example of what masculinity is, which yeah. is, you know, I mean, ENT, and, and, uh, firefighter. Sadly, sadly, it's considered toxic. Toxic, I mean, right now. <laughs> toxic masculinity. It's um, only if, like, they, you know, they're ra- you're raising them, so they're going to get, they're going to be like, oh, men are protectors and providers, and my dad's fucking Batman, so <laughs> you better be Robin, yeah. at least. Yeah, exactly. And, well, I mean, the best way to put it is uh, when my when my daughter's bringing home the first little date. I mean, you ever seen Bad Boys too? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what it's going to be like. Daddy's going to have guns out, or his buddy's going to be sitting there like Will Smith, and who the hell are you? You know that kind of a deal. Or, but you know, there's also eyes all over the place. Yeah, there's <laughs> camera phones. Yeah, and... you, well, not just that. Daddy knows a lot of people. Daddy knows a lot <laughs> so, of people. That's right. Yeah, but. But yeah, it's it's I, I'm I would be considered task, toxic masculine because that's just what happens. I uh, mean, you like if you're in but, Portland, but yeah, know. exactly. Here it's it's commonplace. Well, it's no, no. 
should take that back. It's been a while since you've been here. Thing. I haven't been home in a while. No. And, and we're becoming to be uh, sissies in some portions, I guess you can say. Got it. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I'll be uh, honest, if anybody's a, a, a good judge of masculinity, it's the cop, firefighter, or EMT. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just trying to portray myself and doing doing good um, and being a good example for my daughters to see and seek. Yeah. You know, someone who, you know, is loyal and that will do everything they can for, for their own family and stuff. Not some douchebag that's going to be like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> The rebelling Dale Boyer. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the dude who's going to, you know, I don't mind the type of person they are, the, who they are, what they listen to, what they get into. You know, I was all over that stuff in high school. Yeah. The main thing for me uh, that I'm going to worry about is how you're treating others and how you're treating my daughters. Exactly. I don't care what you look like, man. You got a big old mohawk and you're wearing like one leg is cut off and in your pants. So you're wearing a half shorts, half pants. And I don't care what the hell, man. Not at all. Kids making $50,000 a month on Twitch. (laughs) Yeah. And I just don't care. As long as you know, you're, you're treating others with respect. You treat my daughters. Well, that's, that's the main thing there. I can get along with anybody and you know that. Yeah. Yeah. The minute they start going sideways is when (laughs) shit happens. It's funny. I, (laughs) In uh, here in Indiana, right when I hang out with our friends here, uh, me and my wife's friends, I'm like the conservative at the party, right? Because like, you know, all her friends are like, and they're great, they're amazing people, right? And I'm not really that political anymore, but they're really great people. But you know, they're all like middle class teachers and stuff like that, and it's kind of a liberal area a little bit. But you know, I just kind of like you know, hang out and if talk conversations get kind of awkward, I get kind of excused myself. I go to Ohio and then I like, I'm like borderline Marxist by comparison. So it's such (laughs) a strange, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, maybe let's not burn down like the Capitol. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe not such a good plan. Yeah. You know, there's going to be an election in like four years, guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah, let's, let's calm it down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, vandalism, not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and again, we can we can cut this right out, right? Um, so you being law enforcement during 2020, do you want to touch on that at all, or we can skip right past it and talk about? So, no, that no, that's fine. We can discuss that a little bit. Um, because I would like to, I'd like to open up some people's eyes to it. Sure. Uh, Cause I, I know with all the civil unrest and everything, I mean, and I get it. And, um, I, I could get along with a message that, um, like black lives matter is, is trying to push out. I can get along with that message. No problem. Sure. Uh, it's just sometimes the way that we go about pushing that message out there and, uh, listening to certain people that have, that are stakeholders, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, Bank rollers, you might yeah. say. I'm not a big fan of media because they do a great job of pushing bullshit because that's what they get their money off of is pushing yeah. bullshit. So creating divides and stuff. I, I'm all about coming together and and coming to solutions with all those problems and stuff because that's just like in high school, man. I don't care who the hell you are. I'll get along with you no problem. 
I, we're all the same thing. Just don't be a dick to me and I won't be a dick to you. It's simple. <laughs> don't be an asshole. Um, but, I've often thought that with mo- like political movements, right, or movements in general, really clubs, mm-hmm. religions, organizations, there is probably, if you get more than three people together in a room and they don't stab each other, then there's probably something good going on. Mm-hmm. And so if you extrapolate that to a movement, there's probably some good things there. However, some people have nothing going on with their lives. So they've lost their sense of religion and they pour their entire identity into a movement. Exactly. Now that's both Black Lives Matter, that's the Proud Boys, that's MAGA rallies, that's Marxists in Portland, that's Antifa, that's, mm-hmm. you know. And again, I'm I'm an outsider looking in. So I can only imagine what you go through and the stress it puts you under. And so, I, so it's not much it's not much me. Fortunately, when it comes to when it comes to marine stuff, dealing with the water, um I don't really see some, most of the ramifications that the road guys would see. I'm not stopping this person for going 10 over on the highway or anything. But at the same time, I'm ruining people's fun time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the way that our our organization looks at some of the things that we we go through more education uh, then we do nailing somebody with tickets and stuff. But anytime that I show up and my lights are on or anything, there's about 20 cameras pointing at me. Uh, and I will end up on at least three YouTube channels. <laughs> and I will be labeled an asshole for just asking this person if I can give them a hand because their battery died. However, these people don't know that because they're standing on the pier and I'm 100 yards away. Yeah. And they're just taking videos saying, look at this dickhead cop ruining someone else's beautiful Saturday afternoon. And I'm like, well, okay, well, whatever. So you just kind of get used to that because you're just labeled as the enemy everywhere you go. Yeah. Um, I, I will I, I will never forget um, one of my first times where I actually did work uh, with road deputies. And, uh, and I'm just talking to one of them that I was starting out with. He was my field training officer and he was – just tell me about the area. And this is the area me and you grew up in where we went to school. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, I grew up here and all that stuff. And, and I was excited, you know, I'm like, hell, I, I remember being a kid and seeing these cop cars and waving at the cops and all that <laughs> getting excited. And we're going through an area and I'm just, I'm just waving at these kids. He's just laughing at me. And I'm like, what? He's like, they don't give a shit. And I'm like, well, whatever. And I'm waving and I sure shit. I look over, there's a five-year-old with his finger up in the air at me. Wow! Because mom and dad are teaching them that cops are bad. And it's just, it, it's it changed a little bit since the pandemic and since all the other stuff has been going on. It's changed a little bit in our area. Yeah. So people are a little bit more, you know, putting us on camera, trying to get us, to, trying to antagonize us to do something wrong, just so they can vilify us and and criminalize us as as these bad people, even though that I have to deal with the worst of Karens in the world. Yeah, because this person just wants to get YouTube famous or just try to make a problem out of something that's not even there. I could show up for a barking dog complaint and someone will sit there with a camera that has nothing to do with it. They'll be just walking along and see cops and they'll pull out their camera and they'll start accosting me and they'll start saying this and that and this and that. Leave them alone. Nazis, Nazis. And it's like, dude, come on. I got nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do with you. And, and and if you if you a good a good uh, example of this, there's a video um, and I forgot who put it out on YouTube. 
Um, there's a guy named Donut Operator. I don't know if you saw him. I'm not familiar. Um, he does. Uh, he used to be a police officer, uh, and he does shooting breakdowns, and he does uh, skits that are called the Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Well, he'll take actual case studies, and he'll get all the information, not just half. Yeah. It's all of it. And he'll hold cops accountable when they mess up, but he'll show, like, he'll do breakdowns of officer-involved shootings and show you, hey, no, this guy did have a gun and all that yeah. stuff. Um, but he did one. I think this. I think he did this one. Um, where this uh, these couple of cops are dealing with a lady who was having a uh, mental issue. Yeah. But she was also deaf. Oh, no. And so they're talking to her. they got a blanket around her. They're doing fine. This guy comes up and starts just accosting these cops, calling them assholes, trying to yell to this lady who can't, can't even hear him. But the power of his voice has drawn four others. And they all start doing the same. They have no idea that all they're doing is putting this lady in a car to get her home. Yeah. They think they're taking her to jail. They're going off the walls. They're they're accosting these cops, throwing stuff at them and all that. It's, it's a good thing to see a crowd mentality. All it takes is one antagonist to think they know what they're talking about. To rope in others to say, oh my God, I can't believe these cops are doing that. Without even looking on their own. Yeah. It's funny to me. But, and that's basically what our society is doing right now is we're not paying attention and we're not doing our own due diligence. We're just, hey, this guy seems legit. Well, like they don't want to always try to like think before I, <laughs> I used to just run my mouth. and Yeah, me too. I can't do that no more. <laughs> and then life about just... professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> and then life just, you know, punches you in the face and. You know, like, oh, why'd the sergeant major hit me? But no, I'm just kidding. But um, no, they. It's like, it's like everybody wants to feel special, and like they just want to fight the man. You know, it's the yeah. They're they're trying trying to find their purpose. Yeah, they're trying to find their purpose, and which is fine. But do it a different way, man. Don't maybe you should like get a job. Like (laughs) exactly. There's I hear there's plenty of them out there. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 you know, start oh, learn photography. That's not hard. Everyone's got a camera. Fuck, don't <laughs> uh, uh, don't harass cops. Like, and you know, and that bothers me because I know a lot of cops, mm-hmm. and you know, and while I I also know like a lot of soldiers, I also know like there are bad soldiers that I have known. And there are bad cops. Yes. There are. And it is not fair to, because guys like you keep all of the plates of society spinning. That's stupid. Sorry, it just, it bugs me to know when, when I, I yeah. see that stuff. No, and, it, it's, yeah, it, it is what, it, it's starting to become, it is what it is kind of yeah. a deal. So. You get, probably get used to it after a while. A little bit. Okay. Little bit. Well, all right. We'll move on to something else. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it, it, it's it's one of those things that it sucks to talk about, but sadly, that's what's going on with the world. And I'm I'm glad you felt comfortable enough sharing, and 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 I think it's an important perspective, right? Because we're in a time when all perspectives are encouraged to go to the table, and that's great. But also, you know, you might want to hear about from the beat cop who's handling you know, all of the stuff like, Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, let's transition into your firefighter stuff. What's going on there? Tell me some <laughs> firefighter stories. Oh, I, 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 I love that job. That's that one is is truly an enjoyable one. I mean, there's still there's there's things that you'll never be able to completely get out of your head with certain things. Sure. Um, and I'm sure that's that's for you with the army and stuff. Um, but for the most part, it's that's one of the jobs there that everybody seems to like. But again, that's actually starting to change as well because they don't see firefighters. They see a uniform and they see a uniform. That means authority. And they automatically think we're cops. But you're a firefighter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's... unless they're fire, they shouldn't fight you. Exactly. Because but... if I was fire and I saw a firefighter, I think, oh, he's here to fight me. Yeah. We're, we're still seen as an authority figure so they're going to go ahead and uh, not talk to us and you know not help us with things but for the most part we don't have that issue our, our area has been pretty good about that uh yeah. some of the larger areas in our in in michigan have been having some some quite a bit of issue with that but we've luckily not and yeah no it's just it's just a lot of fun i mean we run anything from you know medicals because uh I mean, you know, in our county here, we had the E-Unit program where we had deputies who were also paramedics. So oh, shit. They, not only would they run police calls, they were the first ones to show up to a medical call. <laughs> um, but now, with our area growing and growing and growing, because, again, you would not recognize this area, uh, they can't keep up. So now the fire departments are starting to run more of the medicals as well. Okay. That. So we're running more medicals. We're running more car accidents and stuff like that. But our township does a great job of giving us everything that we need. So we got all brand new equipment for the most part, all, all battery powered E tools like jaws of life, battery powered and all that. Yeah. We got the nice expensive stuff. Um, now when we were in high school. I remember, uh, and, and again, this might've been just like me having a rainy day cigarette and remember something wrong. But when we were in high school, I remember us outside in an assembly and we're like in the football stands and they had like this destroyed car and then the firefighters came and they like showed what it took to like with the jaws of life to like mm-hmm. open up a destroyed Chevy like 2002 or something. Do you guys ever do that? Oh yeah, we, we do that quite a bit. I actually do a lot of our instruction in the area for fire safety. Oh with, no shit. Uh, with our department. So every chance I get, I do a lot of the, the school the school uh, reach, uh, you know, the stuff when we're in elementary school, you let the kids shoot the hose and all that. Yeah. I do a lot of the outreach there, but um, we actually haven't done many um, demonstrations of cutting cars apart. It's been quite some time, but that's that's due to the whole COVID thing. That makes sense. But yeah, that, I remember that one. That was with that was prom. That was, uh, that was prom. <laughs> that was prom was coming up, and that was I think we were in middle school. To be honest with you just getting out of middle school because they had prom and homecoming and all that stuff so that was that was their whole the whole thing to make sure that we didn't drink and drive kind of because <laughs> that's what it was supposed to be they were supposed to have aeromed and all that stuff show up and uh yeah i remember that fondly um, <laughs> i was just laughing i'm like wow this is dumb i can't see shit <laughs> i was like what are they doing i can't see shit we're just sitting up here so let's fuck off and then i think Nick, we just smoke yeah i think we disappeared in smoke to be honest i think we went underneath the stands and we're toking it down but uh uh, yeah no stuff like that i love getting into the community outreach and doing stuff so uh uh, we do a lot with the schools we used to do all the car shows and all that 
And I was the firm believer of always putting on the full gear. It'll be like 110 degrees out and I'll still put on an air pack and all that stuff because kids can see that. And it's, it's okay for them to see me wearing just my uniform, Sure. but when I'm coming in looking for them. I'm going to look a hell of a lot scarier. I'm going to make a ton of scary noises and all this stuff. So uh, I, I always wear the gear and I'll walk yeah. around and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the kids. I'll play with them and all that stuff. And, and uh, like high fives and all that. And I'll have all my sounds going. So that way they can see yeah. what I look like beforehand. So that's the same thing that we do at the schools. So when we go and do our whole little spiel and all that, then I end up putting on all the gear and I'll crawl around on the floor around the kids and all that. So they can, they can touch, they can see, they can hear. I'll hit the buttons. I'll hear the bells, all that stuff. So they know that when you see this come to this, yeah, all that thing. So, and it, it's, it's, re- it's received very well. That's um, great, man. We actually had a, a case uh, where we had a house fire and one of the kids was in there and had come straight to the firefighter because that's what they were told to do in school. Oh, shit. So I was like, hell yeah, here's where we go. Nice. So we're doing something right. But <laughs> <laughs> the, but I enjoy doing that. It, it, it's fun for me. I'm, you see I'm what not... I mean? Like, you're a really important guy in our hometown. Like, that's that's insane like i i only visited a school once when i was in my army uniform and these kids were asking me like why their grandpa's name was on a wall in dc right on the vietnam wall and i'm like i turned the teacher i'm like do they know about death yet like i don't hang around kids very much (laughs) yeah so should I say this or? <laughs> well, she's asking me if that meant her grandpa fought in Vietnam, and I'm like, he was he fought in Vietnam. <laughs> that's that's yes, that happened. Well, he was there. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes, you know, I have I have certain stories that I'm not allowed via wife edict to tell <sighs> her 17 year old cousins, right, <laughs> from the military. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, I would see that as being an issue on some of those stories. I mean, yeah, and like I, I feel like a lot of our stories probably overlap in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a few that my wife prefers that I do not discuss um, with certain families, (laughs) family members. Um, Her brother though loves it. Yeah, her brother loves it. So he'll, but um, yeah, he's an, he's an electronics engineer. But he still went and got his EMT because I because I had it, and he's just one of those guys. He's like, dude, that would be fun. And so he was, yeah. he went through it and he had it. But yeah, he loves to hear those stories. And there's quite a few stories that uh, <laughs> I still I'm just like, nah. is there any any cool EMT story? Are there any cool like firefighter <laughs> stories that you feel comfortable sharing? Let's see. <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> it just depends. Um, I mean, the, the, my firefighting career has been pretty tame for the most part. I mean, I've, I've seen some pretty big fires. We've dealt with some big fires. Sadly, um, I, I missed out on some of the big ones as well. Um, my station is actually the one that was just down the road from our high school. Shut up. Really? No. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the station I'm working out of. So it's hilarious. (laughs) Um, but, uh, we, we've had some big ones that we've dealt with some plastics fires and stuff that uh Ooh, plastic was, fire that's not good. yeah that that one burned, that one was an assist to another township and it burned for days 
in days, but uh, not really any that completely stand out that I can actually talk about. Sure. Um, I have uh, a question, and this will be cut out, right? All right. So do you remember behind our high school, the apartment complexes? Yeah. Yep. Do those do those still exist? Those still exist. Okay. I lived in those for like two years, right? You know. Now, was that the ones off of the ones that were behind the school? Is just a small little complex? Or are you talking I, about the ones that were further down the road? Well, I could walk to school from there. Well, you could also walk to school from all of them. I, I used to like find needles, you know. Okay, and then... So then that's definitely for. I know where you're talking about now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> not changed. Uh, those are still there, uh, and that is still our number one generation of calls. You know, uh, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> no, it, it was. It's. It's. <laughs> yeah, that there are stories in there. There was. I, I do have one story I can tell. Please do. Uh, I just remembered. I can leave so, this in. No, no, you can leave this one. So, um, this, this was before things got legalized and, uh, a neighbor had called in that a smoke alarm was going off. Sure. And so anytime when it comes to an apartment building, we get a little, a little crazy because that's, that's a lot of risk and stuff like that. So yeah. we go hauling ass there, full lights and sirens and it's just down the road from us. And we get there and of course, nobody wants to answer the door. Yeah, we can hear them in there. Nobody wants to answer the door, and then we hear the smoke alarm going off, and we hear it shut off. And I'm standing at the back of the building, and somebody in the house decides to open up the window and lets all the weed smoke out. Yeah, they were toking it up so hard in there that the smoke alarms were going off, and nobody's answering the goddamn door. I'm just like, guys, I think we can clear. This is just weed smoke. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. It's just weed smoke, so we're like, whatever, we're on our way out. The cops don't care, we don't care. So we got back on the truck and took off, and then no shit, we were back in the same area again for uh, someone to chop somebody else. Oh, shit. Um, well, that's less not fun. Not the same building, but yeah, we're just like, hey, I wonder if those guys, I wonder if that might be related. <laughs> no. Yeah, that sounds like that neighborhood. Like, we spent maybe a year, maybe 18 months there. Well, it was funny. My wife, when we were moving in together, she was looking at apartments um, before we got married. And uh, she brings home an application for that place. And I looked at it. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And she's like, well, let's at least go and look. And I was like, I'll, I'll give you that. We'll go and look. But it's going to be an absolutely not. And we go there. We look at the building and all that stuff. And we go home. And we're sitting there, and she's like, well, it wasn't that bad. And I picked up the application and torched the fucker. Right <laughs> I, was, I just picked it up, lit it on fire, and dropped it on the ground outside. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Any of them figure out what the hell I do for a living? I'm done. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so the summer before I enlisted, right? Like, this is, like, right after high school. And we're in – we moved cities in Michigan. And so – I'm hanging out with these pot dealers, right? And we're all, we're, it looks like Snoop Dogg's dressing room in the apartment we're in, right? We're on the second floor. Mm -hmm. And some guy runs in and he's like, oh my God, the cops are here. And people are just diving out the second floor, right? And then I've got one leg out the window. I'm like, you know what? I'll take the arrest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but I go out 
And I'm like, hey, where are the cops? And they're like, we were just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I got <laughs> I got one. Talk I to me. One. Um, this is a police one. And this will be... We'll see how it goes on if it stays in or not. Sure. <laughs> so I started with the office when I was 21. Sure. Right, 21. All right. And you know the school that we have in our area. Like yep. the big... Big one, not the small university, the big one. Oh, the, that school, that, yeah, yeah, the big one. And so, um, I started out and I was on the road and I was, I was just a, a reserve at the time. So, um, basically, what I was doing is I was assisting the full time deputy, sure. So, it was basically volunteer time. So, I was doing 12 hour shifts up there. And so, my partner that I usually rode with, he was, he did, uh, he volunteered for some overtime on a grant to do a party patrol weekend up there. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you want to go? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's do this. And we're, we're going around and and uh, we're checking out all, we're just taking, all, we're checking out all the parties at the off-campus apartments because that's what the the uh, campus police can't do it. Yeah. So we have to. But we, the grant allowed all of us to come together and do it. So they had some, some, uh, plain clothes people walking around and you know pointing out the minor parties and stuff sure there was this big one going on yeah um, and we it stayed under our radar for a while because it wasn't one of the areas we were targeting and they fi- it finally got called in somebody got pissed off at somebody at the party and called it in sure and so we all show up there and we're all blacked out and everything and this thing is just bumping there's people everywhere and so I make my way to the backside on the balcony and stuff. And this is a two-story apartment. And uh, they start pounding on the front door and people start going out the back. And they're jumping off the balcony. <laughs> and it would be fine if it didn't dip into a trench. Oh, no! <laughs> and so first motherfucker goes over that rail and busts his ankle. He's up and he's like crying and limping away and then he like collapses further away he's like hey, because of the pain and then some chick does a header off of the back oh no and so we just get out in front of it saying don't freaking jump <laughs> don't jump don't jump at all that's funny <laughs> you're fine don't jump. You're like, Shit, now we we're not gonna ambulance. shoot you don't <laughs> we gotta, jump we gotta call ambulances in now because these two idiots one took a header one busted his ankle <laughs> So, and then they, they see us, so they're like, oh, we're going out that way. So they go out and tr- almost trample cops out the front. Oh, no. And it's like, they're like, and then the, just everybody gets there, and there's probably about 20 cops there. And it was so bad. The alcohol smell in there, the PBT, the, the preliminary breath test, uh, we use the alcohol sensor too here in Michigan. I took mine and put it in the air and took a <laughs> sample, and it was legally drunk. <laughs> it was it was bad i was like holy god these kids know how to party <laughs> i so uh, okay so the last week of basic training right they said hey because we had a couple days in between being done and then leaving yeah they said you can go to the bowling alley but you better not drink and so we all got hammered <laughs> and, <laughs> and then like I was, I have the knees of an old, old man now, so I don't run anymore. But when I did, I wasn't what you call the flash, right? Yeah. And so I I could 
I could pass, right? Like, oh, I could run consistently, right? But no one, I'm not. Anyway, so we're running and then I realized, oh, I'm at the front of the group and there's this cloud of like bourbon and vodka following us and you can smell it in the air. <laughs> and that's when they realized, oh, maybe we shouldn't have given them a pass. And I'm like, this is on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, and I, 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 I just thought of this one. I got another one that yeah. it's, it's pretty good. And this one, again, we'll see how it goes and if this one stays in or not. But sure. this one was a... Uh, Somebody didn't get invited to the party. Oh, no. It was a house up north. Uh, it was a very nice house on a lake. Um, so we get there, and and uh, I, I I blumped out a little bit since I since I started with the sheriff's office. When I quit smoking, it, it basically killed my uh, metabolism. I mean, you're so, 35 or 34 Yeah, or whatever. but this came in a year. Wow. Yeah, so I'm actually uh, scheduling... Uh, bariatric surgery for january 31st this year to but like to you i mean also covid man like come on yeah like, but no it wasn't just that it's dude i everything that i do nothing works so my everybody got fat over covid yeah mine's uh, just not stopping whatsoever i mean uh, no matter you know, what i do to it so i just don't um, just beat yourself up too much right like i no 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 I, 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 scotch was. no i know i know where the issues have been from yeah, I'm fighting genetics, and then now with my uh, metabolism killed. Yeah, the, the doctors were like, "Yeah, fucking, you're screwed. <laughs> you. You're going to die." Yeah, they're like, "You're going to need this because, uh, yeah, in one year, just it's been nonstop." <laughs> you uh, calm down, Chris Farley. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, minus the blow. So yeah, so um, uh, my partner that I worked with on the road, he's 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 one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, and so this one was when he actually got transferred out of our area and up north into uh, further into the county. And so I went with him. I was like, yeah. fuck it, I'm ride with you. You know, we're going to do this. And uh, we had this party get called in. And then we got called in with uh, with one of the yeah, canines that happened to have a CPS working or have a CPS worker riding with him. So it was interesting because they were like, oh, this is going to be a big ass minor party. And so we pulled down this long ass driveway and it's, I want to say it was like January, February. So there's snow on the ground. Sure. And as we pull up, a whole bunch of kids are running to the car, have no idea there's cops here because they're going to run on a beer run. So <laughs> a whole bunch of kids just run to this car and then another one of our units show up. And so they walk up to the car and start talking to these kids. Well, there's an airsoft gun tucked into the back of one of the, of the driver's seat. So, of course, the guns come out. And they're yelling at these kids to get out of the car. So, that alerted oh, the house. That alerted the house. And so, they, uh, the kids that were making out on the porch go into the house. They lock the door and all this stuff. And we're, we're knocking on the door. Like, hey, open up. Sheriff's office. All that stuff. Nobody's, they're acting like nobody's home. One of the guys got the phone number of the homeowner. Yeah. And had called and said, hey your kids here having a massive party. Well, homeowners in Florida. Oh no. But mom says you kick that goddamn door open. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, that happens. Um, so we get the okay from that and we're like, Oh shit. She's letting us kick the door open. Cause she was calling her maintenance guy to come and fix the door that we break. <laughs> pissed. And so uh, we boot the door open, and there's there's the kid throwing the party. He's sitting, standing there, like you can't do that. <laughs> the fuck, I can't. Your mom said I could. <laughs> sitting there, and you could be like hear the turd drop on him <laughs> right there. Uh, and there's like 
there's like 35 kids in this part in this house. Jesus. And they're all like young. They're all young as hell. And so we start round, rounding them up. We're like, all right, everybody get to the living room. We're going to be calling your parents and stuff. And so we had to split up, though, because this is a very large house. Sure. And I go upstairs, and there's a couple of people passed out on the floor and all that stuff. And I'm checking on them. Hey, are you all right? And all that. And this, like, kid gets up, and he starts, like, dazed walking around. And I'm like, hey, you got to go this way. You got to go this way. And, like, he goes downstairs. I got to get my shoes. And he's going down to the basement. This basement is a walkout. And I'm like, this fucking kid's going to run. Yeah. Oh shit! The motherfucker takes off and goes out the uh, out the sliding window, the sliding glass window, and then uh, so I go taking off after him, and I go hit over my radio saying I got one running, and it never went out because I was in a basement. Yeah. And so I take off after this kid, and I'm keeping up good pace, but apparently he was a lacrosse player, so he. Was oh no! <laughs> but we're trudging through snow, so the dude he he, he falls. Yeah. So I start giggling a little. <laughs> the motherfucker just ate shit in snow so I, I i gained a little bit and then i started to lose a little bit because i'm giggling a little bit yeah and so he falls again so i start he, he hits a tree so i'm laughing a little harder <laughs> at this point. and so he jumps up onto a bank to jump onto the driveway to run and it's right by our right by our cruisers so he jumps on the bank and he jumps he hits the pavement and he slips it smashes his face on the cruiser Oh shit! At this point, I am useless at running. <laughs> so I am just losing it with laughter. The dude just ate shit on my cruiser, <laughs> and he takes off running again. And I'm just like, I'm gonna fuck that guy is gone. And <laughs> I look down; his fucking shoes are still there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, so I like, I, I lost it laughing. I, I'm like, the kid's gone. Whatever. <laughs> I'm like. I go back towards the house and one of the other cops is like, what the fuck are you doing out here? I was like, dude, Rand, you didn't hear me over the radio. So we get there, we get back inside. I tell them the story and they're like, Oh, well, we'll find out who he is. His ID's right here. <laughs> oh, okay. Perfect. So we'll, we'll catch him later. And so we're dealing with it. There was one girl there. I, I always, I always, I can still picture her face because she was the mom of the group. Yeah. She didn't drink or anything. She was going to get everybody home, all this stuff, all that. And uh, so, with her car there, she was. So we we got people that were old enough to just take an MIP and go. We got them their tickets and all that stuff, and she was going to drive them home. We were okay with that. The parents were okay with that. And so, me being me, I was very su- suspicious because of the way some someone was acting. So I'm like, I'm gonna follow you out there, and we're gonna check your car first. Yeah, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. So, uh, nope, too bad, we're going. And she gets real nervous. Well, they pop open the back of the car, and I find a girl that was, like, under 12. What the fuck? And so I'm like, everybody back into the house. (laughs) So bring her in. So we had to call everybody's parents down because things just got way different. Yeah. And uh, so I'm I'm out there, and uh, I hear screeching tires. And apparently the kid that ran from me almost got smoked by one of the parents. <laughs> the parent was telling him to get in the car. And so they brought me my guy back. <laughs> so we got him. Listen, you're dumb nuts. We got to go. Yeah. So mom and dad, uh, mom was the homeowner. Dad was uh, divorced from the mom. And so sure. she had called dad over to come take care of the kid and get the house secured and then all that stuff. And so we we're getting that all taken care of. And 
we're taking boy boy who's running from me because he got an r he's getting an r no he's getting resisting and obstructing so he's yeah. the only one who actually went to jail um so he's in the, he's in the car and we're we're driving down one of the main roads up north and uh i hear on the roof Santa? and my partner looks at me and says that better not be my fucking pbt what because i had left something on the roof and it rolled off and he <laughs> thought for sure it was equipment I was like, no, your PBT. Ah, it's motherfucker's shoes. <laughs> yeah, I left his shoes on the roof and they rolled off on a busy street. So like, hey, ah, fuck him. You ran out with them. That's your fault. It was hilarious. Oh. It was good. It was the whole way there. It's in the middle of winter, so we get into jail, and he's walking in just in his socks. And one of the the jail sergeant looks at me, he's like, "No shoes." I'm like, "He did." (laughs) (laughs) They're in the middle of the road back there. I ain't going to get him. (laughs) You know, if he had just gotten his shoes and sat in the in the house, none of this shit would have happened. Exactly, that was his fault. So, no, that's funny. No, it was funny because I was working in security. And uh, one of the guys, one of the maintenance guys that I knew, um, he lived up in that area and he brings me a newspaper clipping. Yeah. It uh, showed that the entire school district's uh, lacrosse team, boys lacrosse team, was suspended because of that party. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and then uh, one of the, uh, one of the uh, exchange students was deported. No shit. It. So I was like, so I had that shit laminated. <laughs> <laughs> the next time I'm in town. I, I I need to I you, you need to show me that. And, yeah. Um. March of 2020. How'd that go for you? March of 2020. All right. Well, I'm just trying to think about what I was doing in March of 2020. What, what's the significance of March 2020? That's when the world shut down. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's now. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember. So <laughs> uh, it didn't shut down for me. Um, I was, cause I was labeled essential. So I was still going to work every day. Um, and uh, at the time I was working for that resort. So I was still, uh, they got me labeled as essential because we were essential staff, even though it was off season, we were still needed, re- still needed to be there. And so, um, school, I was still going through my EMT getting that recertified. Uh, mm-hmm. we had gone to zoom classes, which was interesting, but again, that's the, third time i've went through a medical course so i kind of breezed through that one as well but there was some since it was a different county than what i learned the the time before um there was some new stuff they were throwing at me that i was really excited to learn different airways and stuff like that because we were doing like eye gels and all that i was getting all excited about it um so but all my clinicals and everything were just no clinicals nothing at all we'll figure it out when it all happens so you know other than trying to hunt down stuff to wipe my ass with, um, <laughs> we uh, our, our department actually started doing a uh, manning uh, uh, station. So uh, my weekends, my days off, most of the time were actually during the week. So I was able to actually go and do station manning so I could do a 12-hour shift two days a week. This is a fire hour. department? Yep. I could do a 10-hour shift um, from, 5 or from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. Sure. Uh, twice a week without being above benefited bullshit, all that stuff. 
And so we started doing that because we figured we were going to get a little busier with people being home. Well, actually, we really didn't get that much busier because with the less traffic on the road, we weren't getting yeah. more car accidents and all that stuff. So I was still getting out of the house, handling stuff. I was working full time. I was still doing that. Um, I didn't really do much boat stuff until uh, about June hit. Um, yeah. We started doing a little bit more. That's when we. That's when they finally took the road. They actually have put road guys on uh, on the boats on overtime because yeah. the way that Michigan shut down, um, they weren't allowing um, reserve divisions to roll to, really? to do anything. And the problem was is that they had looped in the Marine Patrol as a reserve unit as well. So that caused them problems. So the county ended up paying a shit ton of overtime because, <laughs> I mean, you know, the area boating is huge here. Yeah. So they read, they since changed that. And now we're out considered uh, sworn part-time. So that's good. Did, yeah. Yeah. It, it helps out a little bit when it comes to other, other shit too, when it, uh, legal issues. Yeah. So we, we did that um, and, and in March. So then actually in June is when I left the resort. So I actually was doing a job hunt during shutdown. So good luck. Um, and at that point in time, uh, I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to do whatever I can find. And so um, one of the boat manufacturers up here got listed as essential and I went back. I worked there previously for a little bit, for a little stint, and I went back to building boats for a little while until I could find my forever home. Hey. So I was building boats for a little while, and then I uh, got the phone call for, for where I'm at now to move in as a EMT, and I took that and started from there. And then with, within, like, three months, I got promoted. So <laughs> what happens when you're Ron Swanson, I guess. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I... So I, I work for a, a high-end um, meat manufacturer, Okay, you can say, um, based off the East Coast. The so, meat Yeah, yeah. So we specialize in uh, in deli. So yep. not, it's everything is uh, fresh, never frozen. Okay. So it's, it's meant for low shelf life, but high quality. Delicious. And very delicious. That was one reason why I kind of swayed that way. <laughs> um Cause I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat this meat. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I mean the, my, where I worked before when I went security was also in the food industry. It was a meat nice. packing facility. So it was for me, it was, Hey, I know the lay of the land already. I already know <laughs> the issues when it comes to dealing with the USDA, what USDA is looking for, stuff like that. But when I came on, I came on in health services as a EMT and safety, um, safety uh, professional. Yeah. So for me, it was a different type of world because I'm like, shit, I've never really done medical so much in this in, in, in a ergonomical sense or a occupational sense, and so um, yeah, so I came in as that, and I was rocking it out. I enjoyed the job and all that stuff, and then I saw that the uh, manager for the security uh, for the security operation was gone, and I'm like, hey, well, you know, I got a lot of uh, background in that because I've jumped around quite a few places. I was a consultant a couple of times. I worked for a couple of the larger companies in our area, some uh, two that were Fortune 500. Wow. Um, 
and you grew up to be like a really important guy. That's not really. I mean, I just got a lot of background and some stuff. So I mean, um, I, it's just somebody who's impatient and hasn't really found where they wanted to go. And now I've actually found where I wanted to be. So I'm happy where I'm at. And, says and the Ron Swanson firefighter <laughs> police officer hero man. <laughs> exactly. But so, yeah, I, I came into that and we're still so when I first came in under uh under health services i mean we were doing we had a lot of people that were that were going in and out with covid and stuff and in my opinion the company that i work for goes um a little bit further than other others would to keep the employees healthy i mean that's I'll tell you right now if they get covid it's not from us <laughs> even though in the state of michigan where you know mask mandates gone our company countrywide still mandates masks and sure. not like you know, you get to wear your mask from home. You come in the building, you get a brand new mask. Every yeah. Uh, and so uh, we mandate that we've, we've done, we've had vaccine clinics and all this stuff that we've, we've tried to point our employees to, to keep them healthy and stuff. But we also have a free clinic in the plant that they, it's, it's no cost to them. Uh, That's really great. Yeah. So um, even, and, and I guess I, 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 and, and that's, see, you're such a, you're such a fucking fascinating guy now. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, you were fun in high school, right? We ran around, smoked cigarettes, and we did you know, some weird shit. Yeah, I, 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 grew, I guess I, uh, I aged well. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and now we're both like settled down, married, and family men, and we both ended up like in a lifetime of public service. That's weird. Didn't see mm-hmm. that. I, I figured I'd be yeah. dead by now, but I figured you'd be dead by now too. See, like I went, that was the consensus. <laughs> I, I thought for sure either you were gonna be the you were gonna be the next Bill Gates or you were gonna be the burnout, one of the two, because you were eccentric enough, but you also yeah. <laughs> you I like know? to think I hit I, I split the difference. Let's <laughs> just, just say when I saw your ass in a military uniform, did not fucking see that coming. <laughs> That was when I was like, no shit. <laughs> no shit. I actually remember telling Andy, I was like, dude, Lester joined the army. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was interesting. But hey, I, we, we all change. We, yeah. we all, unfortunately for us, when we were going through high school and through middle school, we, we had teachers that were teaching what we needed to know, all this stuff. We didn't have anybody... And this might get political in some sort of way, depending on how someone takes it. But this is just my my Go opinion ahead. and my feeling on it. Go I ahead. mean, we formed our own opinions because we didn't have a teacher telling us how to feel. Sure. We didn't have a teacher telling us what we needed to see and and all that. Our teachers in our in, in our high school, uh, you know, made sure that we were getting prepared for what we needed to know. There may have been a teacher here and there that on extracurriculars and stuff, they may have gotten a little bit more in depth of what their beliefs were. But for the most part, our teachers never gone into that. They never went into, you never could tell which teacher was voting for this or voting for that, which was the way it needed to be. I had some go out of their way to say, I do not talk about political beliefs with students. Exactly. So when we graduated, we were able to form our own opinion on the way the world is and where we were going to fit in in the world. So thankful for me, uh, thankfully that's, that's what happened. It wasn't pointed saying, Oh, cops suck. I mean, I remember, I remember uh, a week before we graduated uh, in our career development area, 
they had on the wall what everybody was going, what they wanted, what they were going to do, what they were going to do with their life. You know, oh, this person was going to be a doctor. This one was going to go to school. In high school? Yeah, right right towards the end of graduation. um, That one teacher that I won't name names, but um, she she had, uh, we had to fill out this little card that said what we were going to do, what we wanted to do. And so I remember going to look at that board and, and I noticed I was the only asshole to put police officer. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is going to be doctors, fucking engineers, this and that. Here's this asshole going to be a police officer. All right, cool. Whatever. Fuck off, guys. <laughs> I remember what I put down. You would hear my plan when I was 18. It was to buy a van and then travel around the country and write and then type up manuscripts with my typewriter and then put them in the post office and sell them to a publisher and just cash checks. That was my plan. So guys, if you don't know this, Lester was a bit of a hipster before it was cool. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) He had, he'd fucking walk around with a tie and shit. Every now and then you walked around with that stupid fucking tie. (laughs) Is that, I don't know if my kids are going to be afforded that same thing because of the way the world is because the problem is is that we yeah we did grow up and we became teachers <laughs> so some of the people that we were in high school that like this person should never be a teacher is now a teacher oh man no it's it's funny when i have to do trainings and, and stuff like that i have a problem turning the filter off i yeah so yeah there's times where i'm just like going through it and i'm like no oh, I probably shouldn't have said that shit. Because <laughs> uh, every now and then I, I put in for, I, I give a hand to our fire academy or our, uh, yeah, or, or, or our Marine Academy. Uh, Cause we put it on for the state of Michigan. Our agency is uh, by far the best in the state of Michigan when it comes to the Marine stuff. So yeah. we put on the Marine Academy for the entire state. So they'll send different ones from different departments to us. The DNR puts that into our hands. So every now and then I put in for that, but that one I get to be an asshole and, um, but when I do the EMT stuff or, and stuff, um, I could be a bit of a dick sometimes and, uh, throw Cause I mean, I mean, you know, it, they'll throw you the easiest shit in the world. <laughs> oh, this person's got a compound fracture fracture just below the elbow. What would you do with that? I go in there and say, this motherfucker was thrown 50 feet on fire <laughs> from the vehicle. Um, there's a car seat. Nobody knows that there's a baby there. All this shit. And I'll just throw it and I'll do everything I can. And this person's like, there's a fucking baby somewhere. And they're, like, <laughs> they're not even thinking about the guy who's still burning. <laughs> they're thinking about the fucking baby that may or may not be there. Little did they know they put the guy, the guy put a shit zoo in it. And, you know, so I get a little over the top with my uh, stuff. But to be honest with you, nine times out of ten, you're going to deal with little Timmy fuckstick there that broke his arm. Yeah. But every now and then you're going to have that thing that hits the fan and that you got to change your mode of thinking real quick. And an example that I had, and I could talk about this one. Um, This one made me shit my pants a little because not not many of us showed up for this one. Mm. (laughs) So we got a call out for uh, it was a low, it was a low speed area but there was a a, a single car accident that that had seven patients. Yeah, holy shit. So I'm like, that's not good. And then it comes out that it was a whole bunch of teenagers. And so, all right, I get my shit, go out the door, or give my old lady a kiss, and yeah, on my way I'm going. And I get to the station, there's one other guy. 
Oh no. <laughs> okay. We were like, let's wait a minute and see if anybody else shows up. And then we Three had and a half a piece. <laughs> and then one of our officers checked in route. So he was going directly to the scene. And then our chief called in route. And but we had those E units. So we're like, well, maybe they're taking over there and stuff. So uh, we go over there, we haul ass, we get there, and there's no shit. Seven kids laying on the on the on the fucking road. And the E units for some reason aren't doing a goddamn thing. How are the kids? Uh well, they they're doing okay. It, it was it was they're a alive. fast impact, but they're alive. There was some issues. Um okay. but we kind of had to you break out of that mode, you're like, oh shit, this is actually getting real. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about mass casualty incidents, and we do training on that all the time. We're like, yeah, we know exactly what we'll do. I'll tell you right then and there, a little bit of deer in headlights, because I'm like, oh, fuck. I what do I do? And what then when people looking at you like, oh, I'm the guy. Yeah, so uh, the my my partner that got off the truck, and he immediately started working on another one. Our, our captain, he showed up, and he was talking to another, and then um, we started getting some patient care. And at the first, at first we were a little confused on which ones were seen, which ones weren't seen. Um, but then the one that my partner was working on needed a little bit extra help. So that I, I kind of went to him sure. and then that's when we had the ambulance start showing up and they were trying to figure out who's going where and all that. But uh, initially, I mean, that first shock of like, Holy shit. Yeah. This is the worst case scenario. And that goes back to another accident. I remember as a kid scene where a guy had, uh, he was on a crotch rocket hauling ass you know, down, down, uh, the, uh, big road on the lakeshore there and, uh, basically levitates off the road and into a telephone pole about 10 feet up. He was street pizza. Yeah. There's well, not even street pizza because he's basically chopped in half by a telephone. God damn. So it's like, how would I deal with that when I get on scene to that? Cause you're just like, Oh, well shit. Look for a wallet. See if there's like a, like a wife or a mom. Oh, and, and I remember seeing, um, who was actually my boss later on in life. I remember seeing this guy doing CPR on this guy. On between, both halves of him? Well, uh, he's basically, he was he was still there, but not really. Sure. Doing CPR on this guy. I remember him like going to the side and spitting blood out. That, that yeah. sticks in my mind. He's spitting blood out because he's pumping and doing CPR and doing rescue breaths and he's getting blood in his mouth. Nope. Uh, he, he was fine, but that was way before like body substance isolation shit. Nope. Kind of <laughs> uh, oh no! But, hey, but and if it was me, I would have been like, "Motherfucker, he dead. That's a demon." <laughs> Y'all better call a priest, and we're gonna find Jesus. I'd be like, if he's pushing that much blood out, that means there's something wrong. No, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. Th- those are those are hard ones that you're just like, oh shit, there's no chance. I, I've yet to find out what my coping coping mechanism is because there's stuff that you know I've seen that I've kept in and I haven't really brought up sure. to anybody. Uh, I know I know that we've done um, critical stress debriefings and stuff like that, sure. and that usually helps. But I don't generally talk about them. Um, I just I, I process in a different way. I play a lot of video games though. I know my uh, my wife can tell you that that's for sure. I mean, it's whatever whatever gets you through the day, sir. Yeah, as long as it's not a uh, destructive pathway and stuff like that. I used to think that it was just like the smoking and stuff. I don't really drink that much. Usually it's when I get together with a couple of buddies and stuff. Maybe sure. once or twice a year, to be honest with you. So, And even then, it's not even to excess. So I've actually been pretty pretty lucky to not have any habits form or anything like that. Sure. Uh, 
I'm just very interested to know exactly what the hell my head is, how it's processing it. Cause I'm like, so there's some fucked up shit in there. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, is this going to snap or <laughs> do I have anything to worry about? Or are we good? And I mean, I don't lose sleep or anything. I sleep like a baby. <laughs> I mean, I got a wonderful family at home. I'm just like, okay, I'm waiting for the bad portion to happen. I mean, sometimes it doesn't like, yeah, sometimes we just handle things in a different way, I guess. So to wrap this up, Nick, what is your favorite part about being a dad? There's so much to that. <laughs> uh, that's just, just a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I got blessed with uh, some good kids, some really yeah. good kids. Uh, and I guess my favorite part is just watching my daughter's uh, personalities grow. Yeah. Uh, watching them walk into their personalities. Uh, my youngest, Chloe, she's she's a handful, but... Uh, She's adorable. <laughs> she's, she's a demon, but she's adorable. We call her our uh, cabbage patch or our sour <laughs> patch kid. First she's sour, then she's sweet. Um, <laughs> That's all good girls should be. Yeah, and watching her form her personality, uh, watching her begin to talk and, and how she handles things. Because there's one thing is for sure is that she loves her daddy and she loves her mommy. <laughs> adorable. Because uh, when I come when I come home from work. Um, I'll come walking through and uh, walk into the breezeway and up the little steps there, and I'll hear "Daddy." And <laughs> she can't say she can't say much, but that she can say very loudly and proudly, and it's very, it's very nice to hear from them. And uh, and then Sophia, she's she's more quiet and reserved, um, with an engineering mind though. Okay, so, like she'll play on Roblox or Minecraft, and she does some shit that I'm like, how'd you even do that? She made this like obstacle course with switches and all this stuff, and she's freaking seven. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm 34, and I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> and so she's going to be my engineer, and I think Chloe's either going to be um, my jailbird, or <laughs> <laughs> or she's going to be. I'm thinking she's going to be a comedian or or something because that's just the personality traits that I get off of her. So she, yeah. that's my favorite part is just watching them grow into their own. That's and, so and great. Their own lives. So, because both of them have their, their spots in my heart for sure. Obviously. Right? Perfect and one may not answer. be by blood, but uh, she is to me. Yeah. Yeah. And her dad's still in the picture. So we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. So that's great. It's, it's, it's good. We're, we're doing just fine with that. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for your service to the country. Like, you're clearly a, a, a pivotal member of your community. You're like, you wear a lot of hats, but you also respond to a lot of problems. Like, you do any one of those jobs is more than most people would do. And you do, like, four. That's mm-hmm. nuts. <laughs> and I just, and and thanks for being a good dad. And thanks for coming on the show, Nick. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. really did. Anyway, sir, um, how much longer I got you for? Whatever you need, buddy. I'm still good to go for a little while yet. Okay. All right. Um... And yeah, like like I said, like you'll get an edited version of this before we end it. Um, let's take a quick bathroom break, 
And then so, I guess we can wrap up and then we can talk a little bit after. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, man. So, holy shit. Oh, my God. You all right? No, I just, I was looking at my Discord and it looks like my wife actually jumped on with my group of dudes that I play with. We're, we got a whole bunch of buddies in our area. They got a wife. Hold on a second. All right. Well, I'm going to go take a leak. So, you do what you got to do, bro. Hey, you're on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Say hi to Nick. Hi there. <laughs> I just tell you I'm on my way home. I'll All right. be home in a bit. I love you. Bye. All right, I'll be back in five minutes.